1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Agree or Disagree, the podcast. This is Kevin Olenek. You can find me on Facebook, as a add me as a friend, Kevin Olenek. Follow me on Twitter, K-E-V-O-L-E. You can also like Agree or Disagree, the podcast on Facebook as well. Uh, SoundCloud.com, K-E-V-O-L-E, Spreaker.com, K-E-V-O-L-E. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, Kevin Olenek. Subscribe on to iTunes, Agree or Disagree, the podcast. We all want to live a life of freedom. And one of the ways of freedom is travel. And another one is about internet marketing. We heard recently from Jackie Lamenzo who talked a little bit about internet marketing and her approach. But we also, our guest today has also used internet marketing And the fact that he's a dad and travel and faith to spread his message. Uh, Ricky Shetty is joining us today. And uh, hang on. I'm looking for something. Boop, boop, boop. I'm trying to hang on one second here. Yes, our guest today is Ricky Shetty. Uh, He is the owner and operator of Daddy Blogger, where he writes about parenting from a father's perspective with a big emphasis on travel, family travel with young kids. Currently, Ricky and his family are traveling around the world as part of their hashtag Daddy Blogger world tour, visiting Asia, the Middle East, Africa, South America, and Central America. Ricky has been to 81 countries on six continents, and his big goal is to be the first... No first family to visit every single country in the world he is an internet marketer, digital nomad, and passionate husband and father of three young kids, and he joins us on Agree or Disagree, the podcast. How are you doing today?
0: Kevin, I'm a big fan of uh, what you're doing here, and uh, we've been connected virtually for a while, so I, now I'm super excited to connect here on your podcast. Thanks so much for having me on your show.
1: Thank you. Where are you right now?
0: I am now in Manila, Philippines, in Southeast Asia.
1: And how is it out there? What's it like out there? Everyone asks, how's the weather out in Manila? So how's the weather out in Manila? (laughs) (laughs) Great
0: question, great question. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually opposite time zones of the people in North America. So when it's like winding down in the evenings for you guys over there in like a Pacific uh, Northwest, Vancouver area, for us, it just... Starting. the day is uh, starting, so it's actually a sunny, blue sky here today, and uh, I have a little bit of a cold. You might be able to detect it in my raspy voice. So I'm drinking a lot of juice mm-hmm. and coconut water, and uh, trying to recover from a little bit of a flu. But Philippines is a be- is beautiful. Um, it has seven thousand islands, uh, super friendly people. The good thing is everyone speaks English because it was a former American colony. Great. And uh, Delicious food, amazing sightseeing, and best of all, cost of living, cost of travel is very cheap. Mm.
1: Yes, yes, I've heard that. So I read your bio from your website, and it's one thing to hear the bio, but kind of tell us maybe from your own personal perspective, tell us your story, tell us how you got into blogging, uh, the the, the hashtag the daddy blogger, kind of tell us your story of, of why, why you've gotten into what you've done
0: yeah absolutely you know a bio is so hard to summarize your entire life in yeah. into one paragraph <laughs> <laughs> so i always struggle with bios in terms of reading them and you know also to create them for myself so i'm glad you asked me to share about myself in my own words uh, so i'm from vancouver bc canada and uh i met my wife there we got married there uh we had a first second third kid there and then uh, around the time for third kid we decided that we didn't want to just be stuck in the suburbs for the next 20 years of our life. And we made a big decision that we were going to sell our stuff and travel the world. And that's exactly what we have done. We sold our stuff back in Vancouver, house, car, furniture, gadgets, technology, books, whatever people are willing to buy. We got their money, they got stuff, and we set off on our merry way. So uh, we have been currently traveling for a year and a half. Uh 2018 and we're still traveling away Uh, I've been to 81 countries on six continents and one of our big goals is to be the first family in human history to visit every single country in the world of course I'm working online I do things like internet marketing private coaching I do uh, coaching around being a digital nomad uh, social media blogging etc I do online courses Kindle books uh, and I, I'm quite passionate about the whole area of uh, blogging, podcasting, YouTube, social media. So I'm doing, um, you know, a podcast similar to yours, and I have 500 episodes on theirs. So I do a lot of stuff, uh, but uh, I enjoy uh, internet marketing, travel, and of course, impacting, inspiring others. So that's me in a nutshell.
1: So the 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 co- the thought around selling your stuff and traveling. I imagine that there's going to be people listening to this podcast wishing, you know, I really wish I could do that. I just had the conversation with Jackie Lomenzo a couple of podcast episodes ago where she talked about kind of doing sort of the same thing. Kind of she reached her limit in terms of what she could make in her job and she decided to go pursue internet marketing. Uh, What was... What was, what was the kind of the last straw for you that said, you know what, yeah, you know, we're uh, going to do this? Definitely a personal decision. Yeah, go ahead. Hello.
0: Oh, yeah, sorry. There might be an internet lag. yeah uh, Apologies <laughs> for the bad Wi-Fi. So I might have interrupted you before you actually finished your sentence. So no. go ahead, Kevin. You can finish your sentence yeah, I know. before what was, I jump in and then Yeah, interrupt. what was the straw? Blame the Wi-Fi.
1: What was the last straw? What was that uh, that that moment that said, "You know what? We can do this," as opposed to "We should," do, "We we could do this," "We can do this."
0: Yes. So uh, going from "I want to," "I can," "I might," to "We are doing this." <laughs> that is the hardest part of the journey: going from wishing, hoping, wanting, desire, dreaming to actually doing. It's action, right? It's action, action, action. So the action for every person looks differently. For some people, it might be declaring it on social media. I'm going to do it. For some other people, it might be actually buying the plane ticket. For other people, it might be just talking to a real estate. We're considering selling a house. What would it? What would we get if we were, if we sell it? For other people, it might be talking to others. This is something I I recommend. If you're considering doing this in terms of this crazy lifestyle change, talk to other people who've done it because we. We are quite sane, you know, some people might think we're crazy to travel the world with our wife and kids, but in terms of, like, (laughs) we have sanity to to the point where we were rational, we analyzed it, you know, we went through the whole pros and cons, weighing uh, weighing the good and the bad, etc., He made it. And um, if you feel like it's not working during the one year or the six months or three months, you always can go back. Um, you can figure out a way to rent for a while or, you know, get any odds and ends jobs. But the thing is, we would have lived a life of regret if we did not take action. So the key for us was, like, we had to do something. We had to take action. But as it was uh, make you public on social media, so on January 1st, 2016, after me and my wife talked about it we were like let's do this let's get the momentum into interaction so we put on social media uh, you know uh, i actually was the one who instigated it and i put it on my social media on my facebook i said hey there everyone happy new Year's! super excited to celebrate the happy new year uh, the new year what we're going to be doing this year is we're actually going to take our kids and travel around the world and we're putting it on social media because we want to hold you want we want you guys to hold us accountable. That forced us to act because we're like, man, uh, you know, like, give we do the right thing? What if it doesn't work out? What if we can't sell the house? What if we don't have the money? All those questions back and forth my wife were having, it, it didn't get, it didn't stop, but it, but it helped uh, force us to take action. So my big tip here is like that public accountability, talking to others who have done it and, um, and uh, you know, just taking a small action like that. Small action was putting
1: on my Facebook. Mm. Mm. That's yeah. Getting public with that, I would imagine, has done done good. Did you? uh, Was it? And also, I guess when you did that, it was like, we can't go back now because we just said this on Facebook, and what's said on Facebook, like, is forever, right? (laughs) Um. But like, yeah, I, I that's it's it that's interesting. Where have been some of the? What have been some of the? Kind of tell us some stories that you've had. Where are some of the favorite places that you have uh, traveled? You've been. You're currently in the Philippines and Manila. So tell us kind of some of the other places that you've you've traveled that you've you've enjoyed. We well, you could talk for
0: hours on this subject because I've been to 81 countries and six continents. So I could just talk about each country, you know, and I could talk about each country for at least an hour. So that would be an 81 hours. Okay. It might be your first ever. 81 hour podcast, a record. But I don't know if you I don't know if you have 81 hours for me. We might have to take a few washroom breaks. But
1: how
0: how do I summarize uh, that many countries in a short two minute answer? I really believe every country, every individual, every experience has something you teach us. Um, So in terms of like my favorites, quote unquote, like um, for us, we really love South Africa. South Africa has a great fusion of the, the stuff we like. We like the sunny, hot weather with blue skies. We love uh, people and culture and diversity. We love delicious food. We love a low cost of travel, and we love animals. And, um, you know, in terms of Africa, you got the amazing African safaris. And for a, as a dad, one of my big dreams was to take our kids to a safari so they could see animals, not in the confines of a zoo, but face-to-face, the confines of the jeep because <laughs> you're not just walking around with lions you gotta stay in the jeep that's your only protection basically against lions eating you uh so it was quite incredible to see uh, wildlife in the wild the way they were intended to be and this is a bit agree or disagree question about should animals be in a zoo we can debate that to another 81 hours yeah. <laughs> but anyway we
1: can um, have 162 so hours
0: being, there you go we'll do a, a double episode yeah part one part two so being an animal safari in South Africa was one of our big highlights. Going to the Amazon and showing our kids about the biodiversity, the ecosystem of the Amazon, in canoes, in the jungle rainforest. That was amazing. Going to Iguazu Falls, which is the biggest waterfalls in the entire world, way bigger than us over there in Canada, you know, the Niagara Falls. It's actually three times the size and the water volume of Niagara. So it really puts Niagara to shame. That's Iguazu Falls. And uh, hey, I'm a Canadian, saying that I'm allowed to say that. And then finally, um, we really like Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu was one of my big bucket items. I had it on my vision board, and going to Machu Picchu, which is the Inca city in the sky, and, um, and you have to take like a train, a bus, then hike to get there. That was phenomenal because that was a big uh, dream come true to see uh, Machu Picchu. I could go on and on, but uh, those are some of the highlights so far of a trip. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How have you been able to, or have you been able to, the challenge of keeping cost in an economic way? How, how, have, you, how have you done with that? What are some, if, if someone is thinking of this, give, maybe give us some tips on that.
0: Yeah, it's a combination of that. Uh, we won the lottery and we got the inheritance at the very same day. <laughs> we we struck gold we struck lightning you know we played the 649 yeah. and uh we, we had both parents die boom and we got the inheritance i'm just joking just joking you know don't joke about the winning lotteries or dying yeah. right so we do not play the lottery actually so we we therefore don't win it yeah. i don't think i've ever i might have played the lottery you know a few times in my life but i don't i'm not an avid lottery player it's just something i don't do and um my parents and my wife's parents are both still very much alive so no inheritance there uh, and my parents we we're very much a middle class family so we just figured out a way to do our travels very low budget you know um when people think uh, see people traveling like oh that person must be rich well we're staying in hostels we're staying like we're staying we're taking public transport we're eating like a really low Key food. We're not eating and fine dining. We're not staying in five-star luxury hotel hotels. So we're not flying, um, you know, in the uh, Concords. It's very low-key budget travel. So uh, some of the ways, obviously, to cut down on expenses are, um, you know, there's going to be the big expenses. The flight, uh, there's going to be the hotel, the sightseeing. Those are probably the three big ones, right? So let me explain how you can cut down on those. Flight. There's something called travel hacking. For those of you don't know, travel hacking is getting air miles And points through credit cards so you get credit cards uh, you accumulate the points you redeem them for flights you can fly across the Pacific Atlantic for even under hundred US you know talk to uh, people or check out websites such as points guy Uh, points guy he's a famous uh, travel hacker he has some great resources on what credit cards to get how to uh, collect points how to redeem them etc so flights a great way to save on flights is travel hacking Uh, In terms of hotels, accommodations, so I'm a travel blogger. So as a travel blogger, I write about different things we see and do and stay. So I write about food, transportation, sightseeing, accommodation. And I'm able to get a lot of stuff, quote unquote, free because I'm writing about them. So that's my work, and I'm promoting them. Uh, But but they're giving me um, the service or the product or the place to stay complimentary. So we get a lot of our hotels sponsored. Which really helps down on the expenses. I really believe saving money is making money. I will repeat, mm-hmm. saving money is making money. So if you can save on your hotel costs, you know, hotel maybe that's like fifty to hundred a night. That fifty to hundred, that's a whole week of food in places like Manila. You know, like you got to consider the not just like um, uh, the the whole saving element. So how can you cut down on costs? on accommodation, on flights, sightseeing. So even spice sightseeing, tourism, um, I get a lot of that stuff sponsored. So our tourists, like I mentioned, Africa Safari, we got that subsidized. Machu Picchu subsidized. Um, Amazon Rainforest, we got the subsidized. So there's either full sponsorship where it's 100% free um, or trade, barter. You do something, they do something, and you exchange. Then there's a whole subsidy angle where they might not give it to you for free. They might give you like... Uh, for example, twenty percent off, or they might give you like a two hundred dollar discount credit in return for a blog post, etc. Right? So all that's going to accumulate. Uh, we're also working, so this is another thing I want to say. We work while we travel. We're not just in a permanent vacation, doing sightseeing twenty four. The weather was well. The weather's great. I could be on a beach here in the Philippines, but I'm actually staying at home. Partly because of the raspy voice in the cold, uh, but also because I'm working. So I had a coaching call earlier today, uh, at least podcast interviews later, and I'm actually working on my book launch for my next book. Um, I'm actually doing a seven-part book series on the seven continents, so I'm constantly working. I'm doing my online courses, I'm doing my podcasts, I'm doing my book series, I'm doing my online courses, getting my sponsorships in terms of paid sponsors, but also the barter sponsorships. So... Um, the other thing is, when we don't get stuff sponsored, we do uh, figure out ways to travel cheaper. Like for example, we will take uh, local buses. We won't take taxis. Um, we will um, stay in hostels. Like, hey, we are a family with three young kids, but there's actually hostels that are family friendly. They have private rooms. Um, even things like Airbnb, rather than paying for one one night, one night one night in a hotel. Hotels generally don't have like weekly rate or two week rates, but Airbnb does. So we'll rent Airbnb, we'll uh, negotiate with the owner, like we want to stay two weeks or we want to stay a month. And instead of the flat rate of you know whatever number of dollars, because we're going to stay longer, which allows their occupancy rate to go higher and them to get guaranteed money, they will in turn give us a discount. So that helps as well if you can uh, agree with the Airbnb owner to discount if you stay longer. Uh, those are some of the tips I can come up with right away. There's a lot more, but hopefully that helps them. Um, yeah. Get people's mind off the travel is too
1: expensive paradigm. That's good. There's some good tips in there. The other thing that is powerful about travel is is it changes you in a good way. Uh, so, how has travel? How has this experience changed your family? Like your wife, your kids. How has it impacted seeing all these cultures, all of this, all of this new stuff, the animals, all of that. Uh, different cultures, the diversity, how is that, how do you see that ch- helping your kids, and how has that changed your family? Yeah.
0: You know, um, the changes that happen within my heart, soul, spirit, and mind is really, be, really I would say, untangible, uncommunicable, and hard to put into words. Um, so when I think of the changes, it's like, what has changed? One thing. That's everything.
1: Mm.
0: Traveling has changed everything. It has changed my mindset, my heart, my compassion for others, my views on poverty, my views on different cultures, my views on how the media portrays other cultures, my views on like safety, security, my views on how we're upbring uh, how we're we raising our kids, how we're going to raise them in the field. my view on everything has changed. The one thing that's changes is that is everything, right? So in terms of some practical examples of that, for example, I am from Canada, as is Kevin, our friend and host here. We live in one of the in the world, period. You know, the U.S., Canada, maybe England, Russia. i uh, sorry, Russia is not. Uh, Germany, France, Japan. You know, they're the G7, right? The G7, so usually those are the richest countries. Then they're the more developing uh, kind of the next in line to be richest countries, which are like, um, I believe it's BRIC, which is BRIC stands for B-R-I-C, Brazil, Russia, India, and China. India, China, obviously, because of population alone, they're going to be the back, um, the biggest superpowers, because of economic size, based on number of people. And then Russia, obviously, is the biggest country in the world. And then Brazil, the most developed country in South America. So, in terms of um, what changes have I seen? So Canada is relatively rich to the rest of the 193 total countries in the world, and we have poverty. You know, I lived in, I lived in Vancouver. We have something called Downtown Eastside. It's the poorest postal code in North America. That's not poverty, my friends. When you come here to India, when you come here to the Philippines, when you go to Africa, that is poverty. When you see moms, dads, when you see kids begging for money, when they don't have clean drinking water, when they don't have money to pay for their hospital bills, when they can't even go to a dentist. And they can't check their eyes. When they literally suffer needlessly, that is the biggest change that's happened to me because I really feel we have enough resources all, but not everyone's greed, right? So I got to look at myself, point the finger at myself and say, what can I do? And um, it's tough. I'll just give you an example. You know, a few days ago, I was at an internet cafe. I got to go to Internet cafes to get good internet sometimes. So sitting into the cafe working, little boy comes in. He goes and he starts begging to all the people. Most people ignoring him, looking away, saying no. And the little boy, he came in with a gloomy, sad look on his face. He got sadder and sadder. Each person that ignored him, rejected him and said no. He comes to me and I have this happy go lucky kind of personality. I'm just like, hi, how are you? And he's like, good. And he goes like this, like this, like um, uh, basically what I'm what I'm demonstrating is like um the act in your hand of uh, wanting food. So he's like, I want food, right? Or he's like money. Um so I was like, if I get money, I'm contributing to the problem of he's just gonna keep bugging. If I get food, he's gonna contribute to the problem of he's just gonna keep asking for food from others, right? So I'm just like I go through this moral internal Dilemma, agree and disagree again. Shall we give to beggars? Um, there, I don't know if there's a right answer to that, but uh, it says in the Bible. You know, we're both men of faith here. It says in the Bible, whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done for me. And what I like about that is whatever you've done. So what I chose to do is not give money, but I chose to buy him some pancit, pancit is noodles. It's just a Filipino word for noodles. So I bought him noodles. Cost me like um twenty five pesos, fifty cents U S. Bought him some noodles. He sat there. I'm doing my internet call. He was sitting right behind me. And he had a big smile on his face. And he was just smiling, eating his noodles. And I, I said, can I take a picture? He's like, yeah. He gives me the thumbs up. And this little boy, this beggar, his whole atmosphere, ambience, face lit up with joy, excitement, and rage. So I don't know how I can change this world. I don't know if I can end poverty. I don't think I can. But I do believe I can change the life of one person, one boy, and tell history to your audience, right? Mm. So how has it changed me? It's changed me to the point where I don't want to ignore. I don't want to, like, uh, reject. I don't want to add the problem of poverty and homelessness and injustice. I want to contribute to the solution. How do we do that? One person at a time. So there you go. That's what's changed.
1: Mm. Mm. And you brought up the Bible and you talked about faith. Before we get into your career aspect i'm sure the answer is everything in this especially travel but how is your faith and even how have you looked at the bible differently on in terms of your travel around and um because we have a very north i feel like there's a very north american view of christianity where it's it's, it's sort of the prosperity gospel where we can have things and even even though we're not, there's some churches that are not necessarily part of that prosperity gospel message. There's still a prosperous part of how we look at the gospel. It's very North American. How do you have it changed your view of scripture or traveling around the world?
0: You know, um, my faith uh, has definitely been challenged, I, uh, uh, you know, like I, I, I'm always challenged, like, uh, you know, I happen to be a Christian, and uh, obviously most of the world isn't Christian, we got Hindus, we got Buddhists, we got Muslims, we got New Age, we got Shinto, we got Jewish, we got no religion, we have Buddhism, <clears throat> so there's so many different religions in the world, Um so me as a Christian to say that Christianity is the truth isn't necessarily what I feel we must do. I think what I what I what I've discovered is that I I found God through Jesus, and I do believe as a Christian that the only way to God is through Jesus. That's my theology. Um, so when I talk to people, when I'm connecting with them, I come I come to them. I approach them with this perspective of. Jesus is God and I want to know Jesus and make him known but not in a way that's uh, you know judgmental critical condemning Bible bashing but loving and open and listening and understanding why they believe what they do and ask me questions oh why do you believe that your Muslim faith is the truth why do you believe that um you know cows or idols are God in India or why do you believe um, the Shinto religion, or why do you believe in Catholicism as opposed to the Christian faith, right? So if you just come with like this very open um, point of curiosity, you'll be surprised. If you're curious about others, people will be curious on the same questions. Oh, Ricky, how come you grew up a Hindu and became a Christian? How come your wife grew up Catholic became a Christian? If I ask the questions out of true, sincere, genuine curiosity, not with the hidden agenda to convert, I just want to know. Guess what happens? They want to know about my faith. And then I can truly share the gospel in terms of how Jesus has transformed my life, my wife's life, my family's life. So I feel my evangelism is transformed radically from being more like, okay, the Christian faith is right, Christianity is the truth, all other religions are to a place of still believing Jesus is the only way, but coming at an uh, approach of love, genuineness, and wanting to know how their beliefs are different in mine, and how do we come to consensus. And, you know, that, that I feel says the best evangelism so for me. You know, everyone has to make their own decision in terms of their relationship with God, how they view things like evangelism, but that those are some of the changes that happened to me on a personal level. I mean, in terms of my faith in God, when I see Iguzu Falls, the biggest waterfall, biggest waterfalls in the world, when I see these creatures like lions and giraffes and rhinos and tigers and leopards and cheetahs, like when I see the amazing beauty of God's natural creation and God's animal creation and man-made creation through the creative ingenuity that God has placed in us, it points me back to the Creator, right? So what is the best proof of God's creation? Oh, God, I believe it's God's creation, right? So everything to me is declaring God's glory, his goodness. Like everything is shouting it, right? So we just can choose to see that and give credit to evolution or we can give credit to the creator. So when I see all this stuff, I'm like, man, oh, man, if this world is so amazing, so incredible, so wonderful, then imagine the creator, how amazing, how wonderful he is.
1: Mm. True. Good to, good things to to think about there. And sometimes hard to kind of share in a, in a public forum sometimes, but still it's a valuable, it's the the things I believe it's, you know, I don't always share about, I I share my faith in a different way, I guess, but I I do, I don't share it in this loud, like like you I'm sort of the same way I'm, I'm more curious than anything else, but it's, it's good to look at it that way as well. Uh, now there, I may be a perception right now on the blogging industry that, and research will disagree with what I'm about to say. And I, you're about to disagree with what I'm about to say. Is the blogging industry dying because of (laughs) podcasts? Did, did podcasts take over blogs or is still some power in what the blogging industry is specifically in travel blogging right now?
0: I'm so glad you asked me that question Kevin because I've been blogging for six years uh, back in uh, 2012 Uh, so I've been blogging since 2012 daddyblogger.com so here I am in 2018 and I am an avid podcaster I have like 500 episodes on my podcast I'm an avid uh, youtuber social media and I'm still blogging literally this morning when I woke up I got a PayPal notification that because of a sponsor post I did I got 250 US dollars so in terms of my podcast, I've done 500 episodes, and honestly, every one of those episodes don't make me 250 it into dollars. I wish it did, because then I could travel much more luxurious than the hostile lifestyle I've described. In. So in terms of has blogging changed because of the evolution of internet marketing, social media, podcasts, YouTube, yes, 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 the answer is yes. Now, in terms of answering your question, is blogging dead? The answer is no, 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 and no. So blogging is not dead. It is not dying. It's evolving. So how is blogging evolving? Well, I truly really, I fully, fully, uh, believe and feel and see that the shift in blogging is more to an omni-channel approach. So what a lot of podcasters do is, so they'll do their podcast, so I'll give you an example, okay, that's maybe a little bit easier to explain. It. So what I do as a host of a podcast is I interview my guests, usually it's on Zoom, and I do both video and audio. What happens after the interview is over? Put the video on YouTube. I actually live stream it onto video uh, YouTube as well through the Zoom webinar or Google Hangout webinar, right? So it's live streaming onto YouTube. Uh, plus it's getting recorded as a file onto my um, computer desktop. And I take the file, put it on iTunes. I take the file. I, I upload the video version of the file to Facebook so people can watch the video version on Facebook who don't want to go to YouTube or don't want to go to iTunes. And I also turn it into a blog post. So you got one interview, which has turned into four different mediums to reach four different type of people. The people like like to read, they can look at the show notes, they can uh, click on the link to the interview on the, the blog post. The people who like to listen, they can just be working out, driving their car, they can listen on the go. The people like to watch and see the reactions, the gestures, the facial uh, the expressions, they can watch the video on YouTube and also on Facebook, uh, because I put it there as well. So... I really feel uh, the most strategic internet marketers are going to use this methodology of um, repurposing content. And uh, you can see the way that I described it. It's like I repurposed one interview to reach four different types of people, right? Um, The auditory learners, the visual learners, and the more kinesthetic uh, type of learners, right? Uh, So my answer to your question is that us bloggers, you know, like uh, people like me who started in blogging, We need to evolve or die, (laughs) right? So if we just stick to blogging alone, the answer to your question is, yeah, I I believe that we could and we might die to some degree. But at at the end of the day, I I think even if you choose not to evolve in terms of taking a podcast on YouTube or being a social media influencer, because that's the shift too, right? Bloggers to social media influencers. The bloggers, they can still be quite successful as bloggers alone. Because then they're actually super laser-focused on nurturing the audience and developing content, creating SEO. So the blogging, they're actually strategic in a way as well that's different from the other strategy I described. Their strategy is like focus on one medium, blogging, writing, and focus on content creation for people who like to read content. And build up your SEO Google ranking because when people search for things on Google, typically podcasts don't show up yet. You know, uh, in future Google Google al- algorithmic updates, podcasts will show up better. Um, but right now, Google 2018 websites, blogs are still showing up, and then videos, and then maybe social media, then podcasts. You can almost guarantee when you do a Google search, a podcast won't be in the first. Pres- 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 position. But I can almost, almost, almost guarantee you, I'm not a SEO expert, but I can almost guarantee you, you'll see a website, you'll see a blog post, you'll see a YouTube video, then you'll see the other things. So hopefully I've answered that question in terms of the different variations and the answer to that question, because it's not simple as a yes or no.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's interesting what you're saying, because there's still, there's research out that there's still 40% of the American audience that doesn't know what a podcast is. So what right. you're saying right now is it's not surprising what's coming up in terms of SEO blogging is still up there as a more common way to use your media format. Uh, it's, it, it's not dying. I think you're right. It's evolving, but, um, and it was also, it's interesting kind of your strategy around how you get people to listen or to read. I think that's a very brilliant strategy because there's, there's strategy around there's podcasters that are using strategy around travel time and cars right now, which is on average about 25 minutes. So if you post a podcast, it's about 25 minutes that can get somebody's okay. attention. So there's really now becoming, it's becoming an art form as opposed to when we start when I started blogging, it was just like, well, I'm just going to blog, but now there's an, there's becoming an art to it, isn't there? How to do this yeah, at a absolutely, really high
0: level. Absolutely. There needs to be strategy, not just, you know, you need to be not just a good writer or even a, a good podcaster. You could ask the best questions in the world, you could be the best listener, you could be this best interviewer, but there needs to be like a business, internet marketing strategy behind what you're doing, right? So, even as podcasters, you know, most podcasters are not making money. Honestly, the truth. I'm I
1: mean, raising my hand you know, as you're talking.
0: <laughs> so, if you're strategic in the way you're um, building your podcast, you're driving people from your podcast to your services, coaching, online courses, Kindle books, affiliate marketing, getting sponsors for your podcast, etc. Right. So, when I do my podcast, I'm not just interviewing people. I'm strategizing in terms of how do I drive my audience, my tribe, back into my products, and services that will ultimately make me more money. Right. And of course, getting like direct money through sponsors by People click you on affiliate links. Uh, obviously, if people just buy your stuff, like promote your stuff. So, I really feel podcasters don't promote themselves enough. You know, they're busy uh, interviewing and talking about the guests. Uh, so, and I did that, by the way, too, uh, for the first like 100 episodes. I was just focusing on the guests, interviewing them, finding out the story, ending it by their, their, their website. But now I'd be more strategic because a lot of people don't know what we do as the host. So, I tell people I'm like a coach, I have all these online courses, I have all these Kindle books. Uh, so it's a peppering and uh integrating what I do into the podcast, so finding that balance between promotion and focusing on the guest and their business and their story right so I think there's a fine line there in terms of self promotion and um other promotion of the guest mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's it, it the strategy around monetizing is is tough like could you um what are some common mistakes that you're seeing from a lot of people? You kind of got into that a little bit, a little bit, I guess. But what are some of the other common mistakes you're seeing from people uh, in terms of actually, in terms of actually pitching sponsors and asking about money? Which it's a difficult topic for a lot of people to do. I, I even admit that for myself, it's hard for me to ask about money. I mean, I need to ask about money eventually here, like tomorrow. But <laughs> but you know how what What is kind of the common mistakes that people make make a matter or is there do you just do it and learn from your mistakes or what's your what's your approach?
0: um you said it really well. You said you're not asking for money, so if you don't ask, you don't get so it starts with actually asking, believing and uh, taking action right so it's like firstly, I think the the biggest problem is people just don't have a strategy for social media even right so a lot, a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs. They're just using social media. They're like, okay, I have a Facebook page. I'm just going to put my stuff there randomly, and hopefully I'll get clients. So there's no strategy. There's no uh, directionality. There's no intention and purpose uh, in terms of what you want your audience to do. What is the problem you're trying to solve, and how can you help? And I really believe that serving is selling. So if you want to like uh, focus on selling and, oh, I don't like selling and I don't like promoting myself all the time, you are probably going to be doing a disservice to your audience in terms of serving. So I would focus on helping and serving because I think most of us like doing that. Many of ourselves, including me, I don't feel I have the natural gifting of a seller. You know, it's just not my the way I'm built. I like networking, connecting, adding value. So I just do that. And because I do that, but I do that with strategy in mind, it leads to selling. So in terms of being strategic, is like um, uh, writing it down, getting it out of your head, and getting it onto paper or keyboard, right? Even, uh, like, I have a smartphone, and I'll just write down strategy on my phone, look it over, analyze it, dissect it. Uh, having a business coach, so I have, like, multiple business coaches now. Some of them I'm actually doing barters and trades with, um, so I don't have to pay business coaches huge amounts of money. So I'll teach them the stuff I'm good at, which is marketing, social media, branding. They'll teach me they're good their stuff they're good at in terms of, like, um, you know, um, business growth and optimization and automation and... Uh, acceleration etc so they'll teach me what they're good at i just said what i could have and i just prayed so that that might be a way to get a business coach and in terms of sponsorships like i've been getting sponsors for the last five years i started small i started in vancouver where i'm from started working with just local business entrepreneurs friends of mine i started writing about them they would give me like um i did it in vancouver so i was getting massages i got flow therapies i got house cleaning i got uh products for my kids i got Phones and tech gadgets, and even tourist attractions to places like Stanley Park, the aquarium there, or um, Kaplan the Suspension Bridge, Cross Mountain, etc. So I just started small in my city, in my hometown, with local people I knew or local people um, and um, businesses around me. And then when I was able to do that, like in terms of just getting a few there, I started leveraging a few, you know, like Ricky Shetty Daddy Blogger has worked with these companies, and I started approaching mid sized companies. And then from the midsize companies, um, people who are basically willing to give me more expensive hotels and more luxurious resorts. I was like, okay, I work with these companies here. I, you know, I work with car companies, for example, like Lexus and Ford, Honda, et cetera. And these companies, they'll give me a car for one week, not forever, for one week to test drive uh, drive it around. Sometimes they'll give me a gas card to pay for the gas while I'm test driving it. I'll write a blog review. I'll do a video about them. So now I can say I've worked with Lexus, Ford, Honda, et cetera. So now I'm able to leverage the small companies like Caplet and Suspension Bridge Grass which most people don't know what, what those things even are, to mid-sized companies, even like those are kind of upper-end companies like Lexus and Toyota, to like you know world brands. So like Disney works with me, Best Buy works with me, um, you know like phone companies, uh, tablets, um, HP, etc. Like so now I work with some of the biggest brands in the world, but I all started with local Vancouver-based. When I was local Vancouver-based. I wasn't thinking that Disney would ever work with me. I wasn't thinking Forward and Lexus would ever work with me. But they have because I started local, but I thought global. So think global, act local. That would be my biggest piece of advice. Yeah. Uh, start with your city town. Start working with sponsors, even for your show, uh, Kevin. Just work with some uh, local realtors, mortgage brokers, financial planners, local businesses, which would be a good fit for your show. Um, you know, uh, maybe you have some kind of exchange partner to begin with. Then you can ask for like really low fee, like five bucks episode, ten bucks episode, whatever you feel they would be willing to pay. That's not a lot. To a business owner, a realtor, like they're putting hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, on advertising, calendars, pens, all that kind of stuff. So like five, ten bucks isn't a lot for them. But for you, it's a good starting point. And of course, that five, ten bucks is going to accumulate and grow over time. So hopefully, that
1: helps. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good good advice. Uh, remembering as I go forward with this as well, because I do think it, there's a it is a ch- it's certainly a challenge balancing doing an, a quality show and getting all of that stuff together for sure. And speaking of balance, how are you able? What are the pros and cons? Because you've got. We're going to get into some of the other stuff that you're getting to doing in a bit here, but you've got your coaching, you've got your writing, you've got podcasting, you've got your family. How how, how are you finding your work-life balance right now?
0: Okay. So work-life balance is a myth. There is no such thing as balancing or time management. I really believe in this concept called priority, prioritization, right. priority management, are you going to be fully balanced at any point in your life? I don't think you'll get to optimal balance, but I believe you can. Um, um, you can prioritize. So for me, I got my faith first, family second, freedom third, finances fourth, fitness, fun, focus, future, etc. Right. So I always go back on: Is God still number one? But if He's not, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to change? I was noticing. I was very aware that God was not being first uh, because I was, like, focusing so much on my business. I was chasing money. I was trying to monetize everything I'm doing, growing my business and income. But God was kind of um, hanging around, right? God is still there. But I was like, Ricky mode, business growth mode. I'm like, God's over here hanging around waiting for me to, you know, screw up and, like, go back to him. And then I'm just like, Okay, I need to bring God into my business. So now I'm very open. I talk about God very openly in my business. And people are like, respect, you know, big respect because that's who I am. I happen to be a Christ follower. I happen to be a Christian. And why would I be ashamed of talking about that in business? Because that is who I am. And who I am is what I do. There's no separation between who I am and what I do. So now God is much more in my business. And in turn, my business is much more successful because I've got my priority on God properly aligned. Same with family, right? So when I look at myself and I'm like, when my kids come up to me and they're like, Daddy, you know, can we play? Can we do this puzzle or game? Or can we read a book? I have my smartphone in my hand. I'm looking at it and I have to remind myself that what's more important here? Sit with it. What's more important here? Is it answering that Facebook message? Or is it my little daughter, the most important thing in my life, saying, can we play? We know the answer to that question. But as dads, as moms, we often say no to the daughter and yes to the social media device. So that's disruptive to the psyche of our kids, right? So I need to be aware of that. And I'm saying all this not by saying I've solved it, but I'm a work in progress. I am... Trying, attempting, yearning, longing to put God more in my business. I'm attempting, longing, yearning to put my, go- uh, put my daughter over my business, my social media, my phone, my technology, right? Um, and then in terms of finance and freedom, I've chosen to put freedom as a higher value than money. Because we can work like crazy. We can make six, seven figures. But if that six or seven figures equals... Breakdown in family, lack of time with kids, stress, health issues. Is that money worth it? The answer is no. So again, analyze and dissect whether you're focusing on finances or freedom. For me, there's no question, freedom is a way bigger value. So I could be back in Vancouver working like crazy and making a six-figure income, but I choose not to. I would rather have way less money but have way more freedom because that's just a value that's important to me, being free of a, a suburb, being free of a house. Even my house, you know, we were paying up mortgage every month. That was actually a ball and chain. So what was more important to us? Paying the mortgage, having the house, our freedom. We cut the ball and chain, got rid of the, got rid of the mortgage, and now we're free. And that is actually super, 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 super Liberating. And that's just because the value of freedom was so high on our prioritization list. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: I yeah. hope it's answered questions with a little bit of philosophy. I hope you don't mind. Uh, that's who you are. <laughs> you you got
1: to be you. You be you. That's who you are. That's okay. The, the people yes. are enjoying it. People are enjoying it. Uh, yes. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it, uh, it's interesting to kind think of about, think about that a bit and, and let that kind of sink in bit about what you're you're talking about what your priority is because and everyone is going to be a little bit different on that uh so you've got some other projects going on and it's and you are stepping into something new um but so you're stepping into the ted talk world i see um what's uh, exciting you about that what's nervous in you about that that's a congratulations for being a ted talker i think that that's a that's a huge accomplishment, by the way. And what's uh, have you kind of thought about what you're going to do there? Or?
0: Yes, yes. So I, I really believe what we should do be is an alignment, right? So including my tech talk, I really feel it just uh, it's an outworking of what I'm already doing. So I'm already, um, you know, um, I'm an internet marketer, traveling the world, inspiring people to travel, uh, make money online. So I do that on my podcast or in my media interviews. Do that on my blog, social media, YouTube channel. So there's alignment with that. Teaching people to make money, but make a difference too. It's not just making money. but make money, make money, make a difference while traveling the world. So my TED Talk will be on the topic of, can everyone travel? Because I'm here in the Philippines. Philippines is actually one of the poorest parts of all Asia, if not all the world, right? So it's one of the poorer countries. Of course, you've got Africa and you have a lot of poor countries there. But in terms of Asia, you've got the expensive countries like Japan. Korea, Singapore, Malaysia. Then you got a little bit of poorer countries like the Philippines, Indonesia, Thailand, Lao, Vietnam, Cambodia, India, etc. So in terms of like uh, what I'm going to talk about is like can everyone travel? And I'm going to inspire people to think differently, change their mindset about travel being expensive and showing people it is possible to travel. And you might not travel to every single country, every single continent. You might not travel across oceans, but you can travel to a new part of your city. You can travel to different states. You can travel within your own country. So that's the kind of the overarching view of the TED talk. It's happening in November, so two months from now. So I'm fine tuning it. I'm uh, crystallizing the idea more. But it's the idea what's spreading off. can everyone travel?
1: Hmm. That would be very interesting. That's a future agree or disagree. Watch Berlin on my it poster. is.
0: The, well, I mean the answer is yes that we've already kind of discussed that. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is yes, can everyone travel? Um, and obviously we, I've shown you ways on how to do that through sponsorships Budget travel uh, selling your stuff getting a salary online. It's the four steps to travel the world by the way mm. uh, four S's yes. First you save then you sell then you get sponsors and fourth you get a salary So I believe the answer to the question is yes, everyone can travel mm. if they follow those four steps I
1: mm. uh, I wanted to get into this too because we don't hear much about this um, blogging community but can you talk a little bit about what the daddy blogger community is like right now what are what's what's going on over there I we haven't heard I haven't heard much going on in the daddy blogging world so maybe give us an update on that
0: Yes so like we were talking about the evolution of blogging the evolution of parenting has changed right back in the 60s 70s maybe into the 80s you had the moms working from home and the dad's working that's changed from the 80s 90s you know 2000s and beyond it's changed there's been a shift from the decade from the 60s 70s into the 80s there was a shift the shift happened when there was a necessity for the moms to start working because if they didn't they wouldn't be not enough money to pay the bills uh, so what ended up happening is there was a shift And that led to, obviously, the women's movement and women's department and women, you know, taking leadership roles and all that. And all good. You know, I'm all for supporting women, championing them on, helping them get the same salaries the men do and same rights the men do. So the shift in the women's movement affected parenting. What happens when that shift happens? Well, if women are working and um, there's kids, what happens to kids? they get put in daycares. Hmm. And I happen to have a strong opinion on daycares uh, just because I put my kids in daycares and I didn't feel that was the best decision for my kids. It was the needed decision at the time because we're paying a mortgage and we had to put our kids in daycare because if I didn't work, if my wife didn't work, we couldn't afford to live in Vancouver, one of the most expensive cities in Canada. So it was a choice of necessity, not a desire or want. So daycares for me is like, yeah, you know, you might have to do it, but is it the best for our kids? I would rather have the parents taking care of the children rather than strangers taking your children. Okay, so a little bit of a uh, controversial thing I, I brought up there. I brought there, but in terms of like the daddy blogger movement or stay at home work them dads. So what's shifted is like obviously women in the workflows. Um, question about what to do with kids. Some dads they choose to actually stay at home because maybe the women have a really strong stable job. They like working and they. They even might give birth, but then they're like, you know what? I don't like this whole nappy changing. I don't like. I don't like hanging without like with for seven. I need a break. I need to work. So they tell, honey, what about you? Right? You have a discussion with mommy and dad, and then a lot of dads actually choose to stay at home. Uh, they might be working from home, dad. They might be entrepreneurs who have the flexibility and freedom in their work. Um, so what's shifted with this whole parenting movement is dads are becoming much more involved with parenting. And a lot of them become bloggers because they're staying at home and they're like hanging with the kids. They're like, okay, I need to do something, right? They got sweaty palms. They're like, they want you to do something. So what do you do? You become a blogger because it's the easiest path to an online income. You're just like, you know, I didn't know what to do. I have a lot of stuff going on in my mind. Let's start writing about it. A lot of bloggers are making money, getting sponsors, and let me do it too, right? So there's been a big shift with a lot of uh, uh, moms working, dads staying at home, dad staying at home will turn into dad bloggers and in terms of the shift now I, I think it's becoming more global by the way that's something i've noticed it was very much exclusive to north america just because of the high cost of living in north america it spread to europe australia new zealand to the west but that same shift in terms of the economic shift is happening on a global level i see it here in asia where now there's filipino state home dads where there's like latino state home dads there's african state home dads that was a big no-no in these traditional cultures, like, and it's still, it's still, this shift is slower in these traditional cultures. This shift has happened much more with the Thanos snap the finger in the Western world because they just, they have evolved quicker. They uh, may maybe the individual, uh, individuality, uh, uh, you know, like for example, in these traditional cultures, there's a lot of um, in-laws and helpers who can help take care of the kids. They don't have, there's not many daycares here in the Philippines, for example, or in India or Africa, they don't need daycares because they have family members to take care of the kids. So yeah. when, I, when you ask me about the whole shift in um, parenting, the shift in dad bloggers, I, I see the shift as uh, not all dad bloggers are Canadian, American, European, but there are more dad bloggers who are here in the Philippines. I've got to know them. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Filipino dad blogger. This is cool. African dad blogger. This is cool. Latino dad bloggers. Those are some of the shifts I've noticed and I'm observing.
1: Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Is there anything we haven't touched on yet that you wanted to talk about?
0: Um, what do I want to talk about? I want to talk about can your listeners do what we've done? <laughs> that Because I don't like it when, you know, at the end of the day, like people are like, okay, that was a great episode, Kevin. You brought in a great guest. You know, he, he was pretty cool, a guy making money is Christian traveling the world. But my real question is, can I change the minds, hearts, souls, spirits, actions of your listeners who are yes. listening now around the world from their headsets, you know, from their homes, cars, um, working out, etc.? Can we change their thinking to believe they can do it? Right. I really believe because I'm so passionate about this area of like working, making a difference and traveling. I believe that everyone can do it, including your listeners. So if there's one of your listeners who's still struggling with that issue, contact me and I would love to do a, this is something I don't offer people. I want to do a free session with your audience to help your listeners shift from, I can't afford it, it's not the right time, I have kids, got pets, got a mortgage, to believing they can. Because when you believe you can, you will.
1: What does hold people back in your mind? I asked that about Jackie too. What, What does that hold, what's that, What's that thing that holds us like why are I, I feel like it's it's kind of like the balance between comfort and misery there's a part of us like, well, we're comfortable here. I've worked here for x amount of years, and then kind of the soul gets feels starts to get a little bit miserable what what is that thing that holds us back that don't doesn't make us feel that we can't do it? what is that? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I truly believe this, Kevin. The thing that is holding our holding ourselves back is our minds. The thing is the mind. So those things like, for example, comfort, safety, security, the mortgage, kids, health, aging parents, name your excuse, ethnicity, nationality, sexual orientation, religion, uh, the terrorism... lack of money lack of time name your excuse here solve that excuse by exchanging one thing which is the mind so and you know at the end of the day like it's fine if you feel comfortable and secure in a suburb maybe that's what you are going to do for the rest of your life and that's cool I do feel that there's an entire world beyond the confines of your house your apartment your townhouse wherever you live in the world Is the entire world that is waiting for you to see it so the top regrets of the dying are i didn't follow my dreams Mm. i didn't forgive i didn't mend my relationships i didn't do the thing i should have done you don't want to be like the buckless guys morgan freeman and jack nicholson you know great movie by the way watch the movie if you want to get inspired these guys, you know, they're, they're super funny actors, but it's a metaphor for life. They waited until the deathbed, and they haven't done any of the buckless items. They're about to die. They meet in the hospital, and they choose. They change their mind and said, even though we're on a deathbed here in the hospital, we are going to still follow our dreams. So no matter how young you are, no matter how poor you are, no matter how rich you are, and no, um, no matter how in between you are, I truly feel that everyone has this opportunity to see this amazing world, to make a difference, make a change, because when you change your mind, you'll change the world. So I really feel that travel has the, one of the greatest opportunities to do that. Speaking from a biblical perspective, Matthew 28, it says one thing very clearly you know, to your Christian audience here. Matthew 28 says this, Go and make disciples of all nations, and I will be with you to the end of the age. So if you unpack that from a travel perspective, from a missionary perspective, from a making a difference and contribution perspective, it's very clear, action-oriented, goal, Make disciples, help people, transform them, you know, uh, friendships, mentoring, coaching, podcasting, that's all making disciples, right? Of all nations, there's 193 United Nations countries, right? All nations need, need God. And God's with us. That brings the faith element, right? So for your Christian specific audience, you know, it's it's biblical as well. So, you know, I want to end with this as well. Like there's a great movie. I talked about uh, Bucket List. There's also another great movie. I like to kind of reference movies in, in the teachings. Uh, there's a great movie. It's called Up. It's a Pixar movie, you know? Yeah. As a dad, I love watching Pixar with my kids. Before kids, I didn't watch like, in cartoons as much. I've grown and adapted to it. So Pixar, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Spoiler alert. Hashtag spoiler alert. <laughs> so there's a, there's a guy in the movie, and he's married to his lovely wife, and they've been saving for a trip, a vacation, a holiday, a life of adventure. They have a jar, and they're putting coins in the jar, putting coins in the jar, putting coins in the jar. The, mo- the little clip, it actually traces through time. They're getting older. Their hair is going from black to gray. The guy starts limping. The wife ends up in the hospital. Spoiler hashtag. The wife dies. Before they were able to achieve their travel dreams, before they had to have the money, before the time ran out, the time did run out. There's no control of health or death. She died. She got sick and died. This, this guy had all the money to travel, but he had no partner to travel with. And that actually brings me to tears to some degree because it's just like, man, that could have happened to me, right? Like, my wife could have died. I could have been in this situation where like, she got sick, cancer, whatever whatever sickness happened to the girl in the movie there. She died. The bottom line, she died. And the guy had a lot of money, but no one to share with, no one to see the world with. He actually still, he took action, got his balloons, flew over there to Venezuela, that was where the movie was based, and he still followed his dreams, even though he was alone. So there's a little bit of moral there. Don't wait till your wife dies, but still follow your dreams anyway, right? So imagine if they figured out Imagine if they figured out a way to do it before she died, right? The movie would have been a whole different movie, but it would have been even more powerful. So I really feel there was a moral to that. Like don't wait till your wife dies, you know? Don't wait until your deathbed. Don't wait. When is the best time to follow your dream, to start a business, to get married, to have kids, to see this world, to become missionaries, to find out your calling? Best time to do all those things is not tomorrow not next week, not next year, not the future. The best time is now because that's the only thing we're sure of. God has given us this moment, this day, and we must make the most of it. So for me, even though I'm sick, I was feeling a little bit off. I was like, I want to add value. I want to contribute. I want to make a difference here and add to Kevin's show. So for me, if one person in your audience who is thinking that they can't travel, they're waiting until they're older, if I've shifted their paradigms, that's worth it to me because I've made a difference in one of your listeners' minds and I might never see the result of that and that does no matter to me. What matters to me is that listener takes action, makes a decision to travel the world and look at the ripple effect, which I'll never see and it's okay because I don't need to see it. All I need to do is my part, you do your part as a host and your listeners do their part in terms of taking action from what we've discussed here today.
1: Mm. You know, I I feel like the generations coming up, I think, get this more than our generations and generations before. Uh, it, it's funny how things connect, because the podcast I just did before this, I interviewed Brian Pincott, who is at Calgary City Council, shared about his story of mental health. And we talked about kind of the evolution of how things have changed. Before, it used to be we never talk about our feelings and especially as men but now that's kind of changing a little bit. I think that this is happening within the travel and in, in kind of the entrepreneurial world. It used to be that people never really traveled or never really it was like you go, you work Monday to Friday, you make money, you save, you develop a family and that's it. Forget this dream idea. Now it's like, you know what? You got to follow your dreams. You you can't live your life not pursuing your dreams because it's a life of regret. Are you seeing, you, that's kind of what I'm seeing here. I, I'm not, I hope I didn't steal your thunder because I think, I think the generations above after us are getting it. It's the generation that you and I are in that have deeply struggled with that concept, I think, a lot more. You know, you
0: brought up that. I mean, obviously, like, this uh, this whole millennial movement, like, a lot of digital nomads happen to be millennials. Like, a digital nomad is someone who's working and yeah. traveling. You'll see a lot of 20-year-old male digital nomads who are working and traveling, you know, as tech startups, etc. I do feel it's m- more wider than what we see on social media in terms of the spectrum of digital nomadism. I've interviewed 500 of them, okay? Out of the 500 of them, I've interviewed people in the 60s who are still working and traveling. Scott Patton, my co-host, shout out to him. I've oh, hey. seen couples do it. I've seen single females do it. So I do feel maybe the millennials are a little bit more savvy to the Internet. They were born in the day and age to the Internet. So they automatically think they can make money and travel, right? Uh, so they already have the mindset. Whereas us, like I, I, I'm 41, you know, I'm born in 77. I grew up without the Internet, right? So I'm very much an um, Internet migrant or immigrant. That's a little bit of a. It's not a – I'm not a digital native, right? It's not native to me, something I've adopted and embraced. Uh, so it might be, quote, unquote, harder for someone who's older. But hey, you know, like, I've done it. You know, people in the 50s, 60s who are older than me have done it. So I don't think it's as easy as saying, okay, it's, uh, the, the people in the 20s, they're, they're already native, uh, digital, uh, sorry, digital natives. natives so therefore, because they're digital natives, they can be digital nomads. I don't think that's the case as much. Um, I, I think what's happening is, like, people don't realize they can make money online. Because they, they go to Google and they type make money online and they get overwhelmed. We've all done that, right? There's like a million websites that make money online and everyone's telling you that their solution is the right solution. Buy my course. Buy my program. Buy my webinar. Buy my book. And you'll discover the top dot-com secrets of, you know, becoming a millionaire just like me, right? I don't like doing that at all. What I like to do is like figure out the person, figure out their shape. You know, there's a shape. I'll quickly explain what that is shape as spiritual gifts heart passion abilities personality experiences figure out who they are what is their shape how is god created them to be what is their life experience what is their heart passion is it family people environment animals you know and then uh, figure out their personality type if they're shy you don't need to become extroverted, you don't become social you't you don't need to be the the morning um, what calling the the morning uh, routine if you're night person do that so I really believe like in this whole concept of like out who you are and equating who you are with what you do, so I want to help people figure out mm-hmm. who they are because the more they know who they are, the better they 'll do what they need to do right to serve others and to serve God and to impact the world so i 'm all about <laughs> identity coaching, if you want to call it that, helping people figure out the identity, the calling, and the impact on the world
1: yeah i, I yeah and I, I I see that, and I think I, I, I kind of made a generalization comp but i I it's a generalization in one sense, but I think that we I, – I feel I'm learning well, – I, I learn from everybody, um, but I, I feel like there's an inspiration from – just the, the entire inspiration, not only from younger people, but from older people too, that there is other ways to make money and there's other ways other than the traditional nine-to-five way to make an impact on, our lives, on people's lives. And I think that there's something powerful to say about that. So I'm basically agreeing with you. It might have stolen your thunder. I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's
0: good. We, we agree. Sometimes we'll agree. Sometimes we'll disagree. <laughs> but we'll respect each other either way.
1: Absolutely. So how can people follow you? Tell us, find your sites. Yeah, easy peasy.
0: Check out daddyblogger.com. Uh, DaddyBlogger.com has links to everything I do in terms of, um, I do a lot of stuff. I do private coaching. I do I have online courses. I have a podcast. I got a, a YouTube channel with like 5 million views. I got a virtual summits. I have seven Kindle books about the seven continents written for kids. So I have a lot of stuff, quote, unquote. But um, at the end of the day, if you connect with me there, I want to help. So I don't care if you buy my stuff. It doesn't matter to me. What I care is like, can I help you? Mm. So if you feel I can help you some way, then reach out and I'd, I'd love to figure out
1: how I can help you. Awesome. Of course, you can find me on Facebook, Kevin Olenek, like Agree or Disagree, the podcast on Facebook as well. Follow me on Twitter at KBOLE, Spreaker.com, KBOLE, uh, YouTube, Kevin Olenek, subscribe on iTunes, Agree or Disagree, the podcast. Ricky, this was great. I really enjoyed this. Uh, and thank you so much. I think that this will be a very valuable episode for everyone involved. Looking forward to the feedback on that. Thanks, Kevin. I'm a big fan. And if I can do it, so can you. Thanks, yeah. everyone. All right. We'll talk to you, everyone soon. Uh, next one, we will have Kristen Raworth uh, talking about Me Too. We'll talk to you soon. Bye for now That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTWD. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.